1: And the podcast for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by the Frederick and Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health, the Frederick and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. It's Crossover Wednesday. Brian Peacock from Lockdown 49ers is on the podcast today to talk about this marquee matchup. This primetime showdown between NFC playoff contenders, potential conference championship preview, uh, certainly a potential playoff preview wherever that happens to be. And there are a lot of different machinations, playoff machinations that we can go through. I don't want to deal with it now because they need to focus on winning this game. And then I think, you know, over the course of the next few weeks, the Packers get some games that they really should frankly win. And and uh, I don't know about win handily, but certainly win. And so, you know, maybe maybe that is a, a better opportunity. We'll have more information at that point. And I think Packers 49ers will go a long way to, to telling us what direction we ought to be looking when it comes to where the Packers are going to slot in. We are going to to get to Brian later, and I want to start with something by way of saying we're not going to talk about it. I know that seems weird, but I we are not going to talk about when the Packers are going to California. I don't care. You shouldn't care either. It is it is a fun talking point because Matt Lafleur made a change, and oh, this is proof of all the conspiracy theories about LA. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It it is it is a non-story. It's silly. We're not going to talk about it. Don't worry about it. Don't ask me about it. It does not matter. It does not affect the outcome of the game. Now, coming out with intensity certainly matters. Coming in with focus matters. Executing and being in the right frame of mind to bring the kind of intensity that they need off a bye week. Sometimes teams can come out flat off a bye. That is necessary. But I don't think it has anything to do with when they go to California. So that is that. And that's where we're going to leave it. One thing I really wanted to look at, though, is I think a lot of fans are worried about this game for one reason, and that is the Packers' run defense. And we've talked enough on this show about the run defense and how little I care about it. (laughs) That is not what we're going to talk about here. What I think is really fascinating is for as good as the 49ers' defense is the number two defense by DVOA this year, Uh, No longer a historically great defense, although the Patriots are, by DVOA, still that good. Um, They are a tremendous, and, and potentially, if they finish out this season, historically good passing defense. The 49ers are not a historically good run defense. 19th in the league. And so I think Green Bay is going to take that tact. I think they're going to say, we need to play with balance and try and control the clock that way. On the other side of the ball, though, when the Packers are playing defense, they're 28th in run defense. Okay, that's bad. It's really not good, okay? <laughs> I don't think I'm breaking any, any ground here with, with the run defense. The thing about this team, though, is despite the fact that San Francisco is one of the most run-heavy teams in football, they are not particularly efficient when doing so. In fact, right now this offense is 16th in DVOA, 21st in the run game. And George Kittle has played a huge part in that. His blocking frees so much up for teams because when he's in the game, you have to worry about his ability to to catch the ball and beat you down the field. And so maybe you're playing differently. Maybe that means more three safety looks. Maybe it means more nickel personnel and then you're running on smaller boxes. It opens up a lot more for your passing game. When Kittle is off the field, you can play big and not worry about a linebacker on the tight end. Right now, we don't know George Kittle's status for this game. At the very least, if he does play, he's not going to be 100%, and that matters. That affects this team. What's interesting, though, is the Packers they had some success against Christian McCaffrey. The final numbers are going to say, oh, well, you know, he got his, his 100 yards or whatever. But on a play-to-play basis, they did not allow Carolina to break off chunk runs. That will be key in this game. Do not let Tevin Coleman and Matt Breda and Raheem Mostert, because they're all capable of breaking off chunk runs. You know, 12 yards you can live with as long as it's not twelve yards every carry. What you want is three, four, two, five. Just just keep it in a manageable range. There the, the there is a limit to which run defense doesn't matter, and that is if you are if you are consistently giving up six, seven, eight, that's a problem. And then if you are consistently giving up long runs, that is a problem. Now Green Bay has not been giving up long runs of late. And so that is, at the very least, that part is helpful when trying to defend this San Francisco team. The the 49ers are also, without their starting left tackle, Joe Staley, and as we talked about yesterday, that means a rookie sixth-round pick has to go in and play. Someone who has struggled in pass protection. And what San Francisco has done is they've said, okay, well, we're going to go to a quicker passing game. That's something they did against the Cardinals. To some, to some, you know, success—four hundred yards from Jimmy G, four touchdowns—but he also still threw two picks, is still turnover prone, and something that that we talked about on the show and something that I've written about is it is not the quick passing game, despite what the Raiders did. The, it it is not the quick passing game that has beat the Packers defense this year. It has been when teams have have had the time to hold the ball and push it downfield. That. Is really where they've struggled. Well, Jimmy G has has had issues completing passes down the field, in part because he hasn't had time to hold it, but also because his receivers are not getting open consistently. I mean, Dante Pettis barely plays. Marquise Goodwin has been relegated to, you know, what, what feels like spot duty. He's he's hardly a, a factor in this offense, and they're they're really struggling to get production from their receivers. And if Emmanuel Sanders can't go, we don't know what his status is at this point in the week, but if Emmanuel Sanders can't go, that makes it even easier to defend because if you stop the run game, so much of this offense is predicated on play action. I I assume we're going to see the Mike Patton tact of don't even worry about play action. This is where the the don't worry that much about the run game idea really becomes prevalent because against a team like San Francisco where they might use play action on 40% of their throws – You can't allow yourself to get out of position. And so much of defending Shanahan's offense is just about playing disciplined. It's something that Seattle did. Seattle does not have a great defense. In fact, they have a worse defense overall than Green Bay does. And a worse passing defense than Green Bay does. They do not have the talent in the secondary that Green Bay does. But the reason that San Francisco struggled was, number one, Seattle rushed Jimmy Garoppolo effectively. Jimmy G's passer rating falls nearly in half when he's pressured versus not pressured, and so you you play disciplined in the back end and get pressure. Do not blow coverages. I mean that that goes without saying. But this this offense is designed to make you do that, to stress you, and to get and to get a group of guys flowing one way and throw it back another, and to make safeties make difficult decisions, high low, and and these types of things. And Green Bay has been inconsistent in execution now this is the perfect time to get your bye week because you need the extra prep when you go back to last year a far inferior Packers team went to California off a bye to play the best team in the conference and you can make the case should have won that game and and you can make the case would have won that game had Ty Montgomery taken a knee as he had been instructed to do Mike Patton came out with a tremendous plan against Jared Goff and Sean McVay and Todd Gurley. Eventually, they just wore down Green Bay's offense in the second half, bogged down a little bit. They weren't able to possess the ball, and the defense ultimately just wore down. And all of that is still true. And yet, late in the game, they had an opportunity to get the ball and go win the game, or at least tie the game. So, when you think, this is a different coaching staff offensively, but the same defensive coordinator, and it was really Pettin's defensive game plan early that allowed the Packers to come out and and really wrestle the momentum of that game to, to take control of it early. And the 49ers are the kind of team that if you can get that early momentum, if you can get that early lead, with the way Jimmy Garoppolo plays, he can be loose with the ball, the fumbles, I mean, I think seven fumbles so far this year. Lost four of them. He's fourth in the league in interceptions. Fifth in interception rate. And it really should be more. A number of dropped interceptions. This team turns the ball over. And when they have to press, Jimmy G presses. And throws the ball to the wrong team. Or if you're a Packers fan, the right team. And then that allows Preston and Zedaria Smith to go hunt. It all works in conjunction. The more I watch... The more I research, the more I look at this and dig into the numbers, the more I really like this matchup for Green Bay in so many different ways. And that's not an assurance that they're going to win by any means. I just really like the matchup. I like what Green Bay does relative to what San Francisco wants to do. And I like what San Francisco struggles to do relative to Green Bay's weaknesses. I like the extra days off. I like that San Francisco is playing its third game in 13 days on Sunday. I like that this is the biggest game of Jimmy Garoppolo's life. It's probably the, it. it well, it, there's no question it's the biggest game of Kyle Shanahan head coach. Now it's also Matt LaFleur's biggest game as head coach, but he has Aaron Rodgers. He's got an offensive line with veterans on it. He's got a defense with veterans on it. Jermon Williams has been in big games. Kenny Clark has been in big games. Even even someone like Blake Martinez, that guy's been in playoff games. Now, you do have other young players. Jair Alexander has not really seen the spotlight like this. Kevin King, obviously Darnell Savage as a rookie. Even Adrian Amos. I mean, really just the one playoff game and and the big games they played last year in Chicago... And they had some success in some of those games. I mean, the, the Chicago defense was awesome against the Rams. It's not like he's going to fold. The, San Francisco has a defense with a lot more unproven players. Nick Bose has never been in a game like this. The, a lot of the San Francisco secondary players have never been in a game like this. The linebackers have never been in a game like this. And offensively, same deal. Jimmy G, Mike McGlinchey, Justin School, Dante Pettis, Even George Kittle, they've never been in games like this. And so Green Bay can bring that intensity. They have the extra energy coming off the buy. This would be where you need to to circle back to the beginning of our discussion and say, what matters more is not when you go to California. It's what mindset you bring with you. Don't check that intensity at baggage claim. Bring it with you. Carry it on. To make sure that you get off the plane with it and you bring it from the jump because if you get ahead in this game, if you go up 10-0, San Francisco is going to struggle because they're going to want to throw the ball more and that plays into what you do defensively. You take the ball away and you pressure the quarterback and the more you pressure the quarterback, the more likely this quarterback in particular is to turn it over and, and that Especially is a matchup I absolutely love. I wrote about it at Frackney Packing Company. Jadavian Clowney, we talked about it yesterday, with the way Jadavian Clowney dominated that game, with the way the Cardinals' pass rush dominated last week at times, and consistently pressured Jimmy G, were able to turn him over. Green Bay can do the same thing. Can, doesn't mean they will, but they can. They have the horses to do it. They have the, the mindset to do it. From, from Mike Pettin's perspective, and they just need to execute. And if they have one of those games where their defense doesn't make mistakes, they don't blow coverages, and, and they look more like the defense we saw in the first three weeks, Green Bay is going to go to San Francisco and bank a W. Now, if you're struggling with consistency issues of your own in the bedroom, if you need to bank a W... That's where Chew.com can help. Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for anyone who wants a little extra function in the bedroom. They're made in the USA, and since Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use the promo code locked on, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. You're worried about the Packers' injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. All right, let's get to the Crossover Wednesday portion of the show. Brian Peacock, host of Locked On 49ers. He is the co-host of Locked On NFL. You can follow him on Twitter at Peacock and one of the best guys we have going on the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian, thanks for joining Locked On Packers, and let's jump right in here. San Francisco coming in, uh, just the one loss. My first question, I think it is the most important one for this game in terms of you know really trying to dig into an explication of who the 49ers are. This defense, I, you said you were impressed by them, but, but – rate for me on a scale of 1 to 10 their start i mean historical by dvoa standards how real do you think what we've seen so far is and how much of it is you know just th- that they've played
0: a lot of really bad teams and bad quarterbacks i think uh th- the best way i think to to state how good that defense is was the game against the carolina panthers kyle allen was flying high he had thrown zero interceptions all season long, he was unbeaten 4-0 and as a starting quarterback. The Panthers came in and they just stopped throwing the ball down three scores even and just kept handing it to Christian McCaffrey because he was getting killed on every single snap and they could not put him back there and let him continue to just straight drop back because he was getting murdered, and that's how good the 49ers pass rush and how good that 49ers defensive line has been, and then that just makes everything so easy for the back end, and I would put this 49ers defensive line easily up against some of the best ones we've seen with Alden Smith and Justin Smith and some of the teams in the past with the 49ers. They are that good, all four of their best defensive linemen that are on the field a lot in D Ford, and Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead are just problems on just about every down. Now this week we're not going to have D. Ford, so maybe that is a you know a situation where one side you can let up a little bit and maybe put some extra help with Nick Bosa's side. Nick Bosa has mostly rushed from the right defensive end position, and I took a mailbag question on yesterday's show, and I, and I really think that with all the double teams he's seeing, and especially now with D. Ford not playing this week. I think moving Nick Bosa around is the smart play for the 49ers defense just to keep the offense guessing and not let you let you know not let offensive coordinators know exactly where he's going to be so they can plan on doubling him on every down like uh, we saw the Cardinals do last week but that pass rush is so good that edge rush has been so dominant and their pressures their uh, tackles for loss their sacks and they're making opposing quarterbacks make mistakes and they've been just Rock solid on the back end in coverage as well. So th- this team I think would rate right up with some of the best 49ers defenses. And I really think they're that good. And they 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 made life difficult for Russell Wilson. And Jimmy Garoppolo did enough in that game, despite some turnovers, to get them down in position to kick a game-winning field goal. And they 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 made life very difficult for Russell Wilson. So yeah. I, I think the Panthers game. The Seattle game made me really believe, okay, this is a defense that's going to be a problem for no matter whoever they face. But like I said at the beginning of this show, as a fan, I can't wait to see how good they are against some of these really good teams they're going up against in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting because Russell Wilson did not play well, as you said. I mean, he made some clutch throws. But also made some clutch mistakes. The interception in overtime was absolutely brutal, yep. and I believe the statistic that that I, I heard on on Bill Barnwell's podcast was that the the two of them combined uh, to have the worst two performances by average intended year, air yards of the season by a quarterback. Now that was at the time, so there have been games played in the intervening time, but. I mean that that speaks to it it wasn't like all of a sudden they played a Seattle offense that was really good and got lit up. That is unequivocally not what happened. Right. So if you're gonna make the case that that this defense is for real, I think to your point that is the game that you look to. I'm wondering what you think the difference is, because this is a team that last year a lot of the same personnel and you know, you, you obviously you add Nick Bosa, that matters. You add D Ford, that matters, you add Quan Alexander, that matters, but You know, no one was calling Robert Sala a potential head coaching candidate last year. And yet now he looks like he's the hottest head coaching candidate of any assistant coach in the NFL right now. Is is it just as simple as it's year two in the system? You get some more
0: talent and all of a sudden, you know, these guys are flying around. I think there's multiple things. I think the number one thing you already nailed it is that outside pass rush. They had zero edge rush last year and it was basically DeForest Buckner and that's it and DeForest Buckner was getting double teamed a lot and he still had 12 sacks and had a phenomenal season but they had no pressure on the outside and that was really hurting the secondary Um, aside from the edge rush that I think is immensely important the coaching and the scheme has changed quite a bit and it's funny you mentioned Robert Sala yeah if you look at my Twitter mentions he went from being on the hot seat to being a head coaching candidate which is uh, just an amazing flip in less mm-hmm. than one season. But what they did is they brought in a new defensive line coach in Chris Kusurik. They brought in a, a new defensive backs coach and in Joe Woods. And those two things, I think, have been massive for the 49ers because they were playing a pure, pretty much cover three vanilla scheme. And they were getting beat quite a bit. But now what what happened with this scheme is they've got the wide nine front, And their linebackers are playing more, you know, stack linebackers, more traditional three linebacker role instead of the hybrid role they had last year. And in the secondary, they're playing more man coverage and more split safety looks, more interchangeable safety looks. So it's not the same look on every down for an offense like it was last year. And I think the pass rush and then those coaching changes and just scheme tweaks have been really the thing that have that have um, it's been the real catalyst of what's made the 49ers defense so much better. But if you had to put your finger on the number one thing, it's that edge rush because they are a problem for every single quarterback they've faced.
1: All right. We're going to get back to Brian in just a second. But before we do, I want to talk to you about travel. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off an Away suitcase, visit awaytravel.com and use promo code LOCKEDON during checkout. Listening on the go, if you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all other offers from LockedOn sponsors at lockedonpodcasts.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by My Bookie. During Thanksgiving week, My Bookie is offering a risk free bet on the Bears Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations as well. My Bookie will give you your money back. It's a no brainer because you quite literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Do you find yourself wanting to bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just go to MyBookie.ag, make your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON, and MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar-for-dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Go to MyBookie.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, get that dollar-for-dollar deposit bonus, And put money on on Bears-Lions because you can't lose. Because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redaff leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Age location restrictions apply. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days.
1: All right, back to Brian. I know we're early in the week here, so this this may be an unfair question to ask, but but I'll ask it in two ways so that you can you can still give us something here. You know, the the George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders losses have certainly been felt. Obviously, the loss of Emmanuel Sanders is only after he was added to this team. If they cannot go this week and and I'd love to know what the latest is and what the prognosis is with them, but if they can't go this week does San Francisco have enough to move the ball consistently and find, as you said, those opportunities to get the ball out of Jimmy G's hands early and, and you know get Debo Samuel, for example, going, Dante Pettis,
0: Marquise Goodwin, get the ball to the backs, that kind of thing? First of all, with Dante Pettis, uh, at this point I'd be surprised if he sees the field. He was on the play for one down and one snap last week, and he is firmly Oof. in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. But on the flip side of that, Debo Samuel – has had his two best years of his young career, 10 targets, both of the last two weeks, triple digit receiving yards in the last two weeks. And he's really, uh, if anything good about Emmanuel Sanders being dinged up the last few weeks is we've seen the target hog that Debo Samuel could be. And, his 7.6 yards after the catch on average this season, I, I think it leads all NFL wide receivers, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a player that I really like that's developing, and still you're, you're going to see some rookie growing pains there, but that's been one of the positive things. And, look, the 49ers were 6-0 and before they brought in Emmanuel Sanders, and as good as he yeah. has been and the immediate connection he's had with Jimmy Garoppolo has been fantastic, but they've proven they could win without Emmanuel Sanders. The big loss is... George Kittle and I don't think it can be overstated how big of a loss he's been and that was tough against Seattle to go in there without both Kittle and Sanders Mm -hmm. Kittle is so good as a receiver obviously but he's such a great run blocker as well and he also affects the run game because teams can't just stack the box as they have against the 49ers recently and, and dared them to beat him throwing the ball because he opens things up because you can't you just can't sit there and and put eight men in the box and then expect not to get torched by George Kittle. And he's so good uh, getting out into the seam, running routes, making plays after the catch. He really opens things up not only for the pass game but opens things up for the run game. And he's such a good blocker; he will block people out of the screen. So he's been such a massive loss. I don't think it can be overstated how big of a loss. George Kittle has been getting him back this week, and we still don't know if he'll be ready. But I have a feeling he was held out last week just to make sure he was going to be ready for this Sunday.
1: Well, that is bad news for the Packers because they have they have given up some some nice games to tight ends this year. Although I will say they're they're really just about middle of the pack in terms of defending tight ends, 18th in DVOA against tight ends, so it, not as bad as they've been in years past there. Uh, My favorite question, and and I'll end on this as we we look towards Sunday, if you were in the Packers coaching room and you were putting together a plan to take advantage of one thing on the 49ers, whether it was on offense, whether it was on defense, the one flaw that you think the Packers can and should exploit, what would it be?
0: Yeah, well, I think we saw it last week, especially if George Kittle's either not playing or banged up, is that you can... Do everything you can to stop the run and play man coverage and dare the 49ers young wide receiver group to get open consistently and dare Jimmy Garoppolo to be able to have time, first of all, and find those wide receivers. And I think that's what teams have figured out. And that's what we've seen the last few weeks from Seattle and Arizona, especially, is they're selling out to stop the run, daring the 49ers to beat him with the pass. Jimmy Garoppolo's had his two best statistical games yardage wise against the Cardinals because of that. And obviously we saw the 49ers lose to Seattle in that really grueling overtime game. But I think that's the way to go at the 49ers on the defensive side of the ball. It's just it's it's run the ball because you don't want to let that pass rush get home. And the 49ers have proven just about on an every other week basis that they've had a little bit of trouble Running the football, but it hasn't been so bad that they've been completely gouged and taken out of games. It's more so been okay. Now you can march down the field on the 49ers if you can use that running game to your advantage. And then, of course, if you have Aaron Rodgers, that helps you in the passing game with Devontae Adams. So that that's what makes this game so difficult compared to the, some some of the other games that the 49ers have seen on this schedule. But uh, really, it's it's both sides of the ball running. It's you can run on the 49ers defense. That's where they're susceptible. Put you in a good down and distance situation so the 49ers pass rush can't destroy your quarterback. And it's just stop the run on defense and play man coverage.
1: Yeah, and this will also be San Francisco's third game in 13 days, I believe, on Sunday night. So yes. could be some, some fatigue setting in there as well. These are, these are high leverage games. And for a lot of these players, really on both sides, but, but certainly the, the big names for San Francisco have never been in big games. So we'll see how they react there. Brian, it should be an absolutely awesome game on Sunday. Uh, the most excited I have been to watch a Packers game in a
0: long time. So uh, enjoy it, and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Sunday night football. I'm glad this was flexed to primetime. It deserved it. Oh, absolutely. 100
1: percent. And, it, you know, the Allen, the Allen Chris treatment is it just it brings a little extra It brings a little extra meaning to every game.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 100 percent. It's going to be a fun one. Forty Niners favored by three, actually. And looking at the line right now, um, do you, do you think that you would bet on the Packers on that line? I just really like the Packers this
1: week, and and I I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna predict that they'll win outright. So, um,
0: that that's uh, that's where I am on this. Yeah, I I think three is just perfect. I don't think the 49ers are gonna run away with this game, but I think that they have the opportunity at home to prove that they are for real, for real. For any of the last doubters that are still not on that 49ers bandwagon, but it should be a heck of a lot of fun, and I would not be surprised if in the end it is decided by a field goal. Indeed. Should be fun. Thanks, Brian. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thanks, Peter. All
1: right, I want to thank Brian for coming on the show. Always a pleasure to uh, to chat with him, and and I think we're going to have a lot more to talk about. I want to dig in more. We're going to have more updates on injuries when we come back here tomorrow. I think Friday is going to be a huge show Because we're going to learn a lot about some key players for San Francisco. Is Emmanuel Sanders going to play? Is George Kittle going to play? The Packers are healthy, man. This is the healthiest they've been maybe all season. And, you know, the the most interesting part of that is like, is Big Bob Tanyan going to resume tight end three duties or did Jay Sternberger usurp that role? And you know, has Alan Lazard fully absorbed the wide receiver two role over Geronimo Allison and what does that mean for MVS? And and it's like questions like that. It's not, oh my God, what are they gonna do? Cause Devontae Adams is back and all that stuff. So um it'll be it'll be far more interesting in terms of breaking news for San Francisco, but the Packers certainly uh, things can pop up uh and and often do. So you know we don't want to we don't want to jinx it there. We want everyone to be healthy. You want you want two teams as healthy as possible to give us a full show of of what you can be. You always want to beat a team at their best. You never want excuses. You 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 want to be able to beat them. Now of course Packer fans are going to say, listen, George, take it take another week off. Emmanuel, fine, take another week off. You just you want to be ready for the playoffs. That's what's important. Of course. The 49ers want to win, so they want those guys to be on the field. So we'll be here on Friday for our Friday Periscope live show. Do not miss that because it's going to be the best way to, to be up to date on everything that's going on with that with, with the injury report and and the analysis of it for Central Time on Periscope. Best way to do that and, and be a part of that is to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. You can also like us on Facebook. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. It would really help iTunes. Uh, you, you share the podcast on Facebook, on Twitter. We'd love that. And again, if if you can get someone, if you can tell me, just tell me that you did it, but really do it. Find someone to tell about Locked On Packers. Let them know about the show. Get them to subscribe. Get them to listen and tell me about it. And I'll retweet you. So get that get that that follower count up, and we'll get that listener count up as well. And anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, I've been loving reading all the messages that I've been getting about why uh, listeners are excited about this season. I'm glad that so many of you took that that seriously and sent me those. I'll, I'll try and read some of them on the, on the show on Friday if we have time for that. If you want to do that, if you want to send me a note, please feel free at the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.